Hi, welcome to the As You Are podcast. Y'all, it's the fourth and final week of our relationship series, and this one's about serious dating and marriage. It's an intimidating topic, but it's really fun. We're going to share some of our stories and just kind of talk it out. We don't have answers, but we are excited to chat. Get comfortable. All right, we are in, is this our last week of the relationship series, right? Yeah, it's the last week. Crazy. Uh, We've loved this series. We hope y'all have too. It's been really fun just kind of digging into relationships, all different types of relationships too, like thinking back to the friendships and community. And I don't know about you, Emily, but especially preparing for this podcast, which disclaimer, we are not experts. I know we say that on like every podcast, (laughs) but I just feel like especially, especially because I've only been married for two and a half years, like I am not an expert on this, but we are excited to talk about it. Um, But as we've been preparing for it, it's made me just reflect on my relationship with Everett and be like, wow, how can I like be a better wife and love him more. I agree. Michael and I listened to the last podcast together and he was saying, man, I wish I had this podcast when I was dating because I wish I was more intentional and I didn't hear this advice. I'm so glad that y'all are talking about this. So I thought that was really cute and sweet of him. But also if you have a guy in your life that you think might appreciate some you know, input on dating, then feel free to share our podcast. This is not only for girls. So (laughs) that's awesome. Anyway, Michael and I have been married for 10 years. So definitely a little bit longer. I can't believe how fast it's gone by, but still not experts by any means. Just really want to share some of our experience and maybe a little advice. Definitely. Okay. Well, here's the deal. I think that you and I should compile at least a picture, if not two or three, from our weddings and post it on the website. Okay. I love it. So here's how we're going to get y'all to the website is to see our wedding pictures and what we looked like when we got married. (laughs) But what we want you to do when you get to the website, though, is check out the resources that Mm -hmm. we are going to link because Anne and I were talking about this as we were getting ready to record this podcast And we were listening to all these other podcasts and skimming through with these books that we've read to try to give the most helpful advice on serious dating and marriage. And ultimately, we just realized that the best we can do is share our story and our experience and point you to the things that have helped us the most. So please go to the website. You can see our our wedding pictures, but then also click on the resources. And there's a few podcasts that we're going to put on there that have been so helpful for us. And then there's going to be a book or two on there. But just to set up your expectations, we're not going to have too many mic drop moments in this podcast. You're not going to be like, oh my gosh, now I understand marriage. Yeah, But (laughs) we definitely wanted to just share pieces of our story and a little bit of advice about dating and marriage to kind of close out this series. Yeah, I would say we're going to highlight some of the things that stood out to us from those podcasts and books, but that's just a fraction of everything that's in those. And for us, we were like, there's just no way we can cover it all in a 20-minute podcast episode. So um, definitely go check those out. I cannot recommend them enough. Uh, they're, the podcasts are sermons and things, and they're just amazing. But 
Yes, why don't you tell us y'all's story? Oh, okay. Um, so Michael and I met when I was in college at UGA. He was not in college yet. And because actually he's my same age, but he didn't go to college until after we were married. So he kind of did the band thing, which yeah, he did. Cool, cool, cool. That's very cool. I'm also a musician. So that was interesting to me. And he was not in school. I was in school. We met on a blind date. He actually we we got set up by a friend. So I don't know if it's technically blind. I like knew who he was before. So I saw a picture of him. Semi-blind. yeah, so I my feel blind, like that's date, a blind date. I think it basically is. That's what I always say. Yeah. Because I mean, we did not know each other, and we only had two mutual friends. So yeah, blind it was, date. It was pretty blind. And then um, he actually texted me to set up the date, and he said I can hang out like Saturday during the day or like Monday night after I get off work. I can hang out, you know, for dinner. And I was like, yeah. I'm looking at my calendar, and Monday is Valentine's Day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, let's do Monday. Monday night's great. Hilarious. <laughs> like, is, is this his sly way of asking me out for Valentine's Day? No. He didn't realize it was Valentine's Day. and But it was it was perfect, though, because we had so much fun. And we went to Cali and Tito's here in Athens and sat at a picnic table with heart balloons on the table and had just the best time. I was so drawn to him from our very first date. And after that, we actually jumped in really quickly. We started pretty much fully dating like one week later. He asked me to be his girlfriend three months later. Where uh, So he asked me in mid-April and February, March, April. That's two months. Okay. <laughs> Math is not my strong suit. Um, two months later, he like asked me to be his girlfriend, but then in May, he asked me on a trip with his family where we went to Montana and, and did like a backpacking what? like three day overnight thing Wait, with his so brother fun. and sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so fun. And I've actually told my Bible study this, but on that trip, we'd only been dating for three months, like I said. And on that trip in the tent at 2 a.m., a bear, and by the way, Montana, Really only has grizzly no. bears, so no. a giant grizzly bear was outside our tent, and no. my life flashed before my eyes. Oh, that's so scary. So, and you're with this guy that you, like, don't totally know and his family. <laughs> yes. Like, can you imagine this? It was me, Michael, who I'd been dating for three months, Lauren, my sister-in-law, who I had known for three months, and Zach, her, so they weren't married yet, but they're married now. Michael's brother and we're all laying like sardines in the tent and there's a bear walking around our head just like I literally heard it sniffing around my head anyway oh my gosh so that was a strong bonding experience and after that we got a lot more serious we started touring together he had a different band and their other band had broken up like right around this time and he was like well we could be your band so we started Amazing. playing shows together, which was really fun, and it definitely showed us a lot about each other. 2011 um, is when we met. By the next July, right around a year and a half, we got engaged. He proposed at my grandparents' house in North Carolina. We did this hike that we had done a few times together, and at the top of the mountain, he proposed and then when we walked back down and got back to the house, all of our family was there for this Aww. dinner. It was so sweet. 
three months later, we got married at the same house. So in my grandparents' sort of like backyard. So I, like a month after our wedding, I wrote a song about our wedding day and sort of like falling in love. It's called Found a Heart. And we used our wedding video as part of the music video. I so love that. Yeah, that was y'all should too. all go look it up on YouTube. I've watched it and it's really sweet. <laughs> and it's like, Thank oh, you. look at little baby Emily and Michael. Y'all look so young. We were babies. Okay, how about your story? Um, okay, Ever and I met in Atlanta. So I had been in Atlanta for a year, I think. And we were actually like kind of set up through friends, my friend Katie and her now husband, then boyfriend Preston. Um, unbeknownst to me, Everett had reached out to Katie and was like, hey, you should bring Anna around more, which is hilarious because <laughs> I had no idea. I just started getting invited to more things. And I was like, sweet, this is great. Um <laughs> But one night, a group of friends was hanging out, and Everett was there, and so was Katie and Preston. And by the end of the night, it was just the four of us. And, like, long story short, Preston and Katie were like, all right, we think we're going to head out. And Everett was like, cool, Anna, like, do you want to, like, you and I could just go do something together. And in my mind, I was like, what? How did we get here? Like, we had a group of 20 people, and now it's just me and this guy. Um... But he obviously was super kind, and I was like, all right, sure, we'll take a chance. So we ended up driving around and went to the top of this parking deck. Everett drives a really cool old truck, uh, and the parking deck had, like, a really beautiful view of the city, and we just sat up there for hours talking. Like, honestly, it's really funny thinking back to it. We weren't even, like, sitting in the bed of the truck. We were, like, standing at the edge of the parking deck talking, like, standing three feet away from each other. I remember feeling like this is definitely like a little bit awkward, but also I really am enjoying talking to him. Um, And then he got my number, called me a few days later, asked me on an official date, and we went on dates for a while. He, uh, kind of similar story to your Montana story, he came to the beach with my family for a weekend, like way earlier than he should have, and it was actually like, a horrible experience. I totally froze up. Don't know why he stuck around after that, but he did. And we dated for two years. He was in living in Athens for most of that time. I was in Atlanta. And then like as we started to get more serious, he actually moved to Atlanta so that we could be living in the same city. Um, and yeah, in that time of living in Atlanta, COVID happened and we got engaged during COVID, which was crazy. Oh my gosh. We actually, he proposed on the top of that same parking deck, which is really sweet. It was our friend Vince's birthday, but we, he had like, (laughs) had pretended that we were going on a scavenger hunt for his birthday. And like all of our friends were there and were in on it. They had had Zoom calls and Skype calls leading up to it uh, to like develop the plan. But yeah, we ended up there and it, by the time we got to the top of the parking deck, like it was just Everett and I, and he proposed and then we got married like three or four months later. COVID really kind of like changed our plans. I feel like we planned four different weddings. Um, but we ended up getting married in the backyard of the same beach house that he came to way early on. Um, oh. Like that's my family's beach house in the Outer Banks. And it was really sweet. It ended up just being our family, our immediate family and our bridal party because of covid 
Um, so there was like 50 people there, but honestly, it was amazing. Like, wouldn't have it any other way. Our friends all came in early. Like, we all spent the week together at the beach before the wedding. So everybody got to oh. know each other. Like, so fun. Um, that is perfect. It was really sweet. Yeah. I love that. Kind of to start us off, we wanted to go back to the beginning. So literally Genesis 1 and 2, the creation story. Um, And as we've been obviously like researching marriage and reading about it, thinking about our own experience, I one thing that Ben Stewart says in one of his sermons is he draws attention to the fact that marriage was a part of God's plan from the very beginning. Um, Genesis one and two is when God is creating the world and he's saying like, he creates the birds and he says, says it's good. He creates the ocean and he says, it's good. He's creating all these things and he says, it's good. It's good. It's good. But one thing is not good. So he creates man and then he realizes that man is alone and he says, that's not good. And so after that, after he's created man, he then creates woman. And then he says, it's very good. And I just love that because I think it reminds us that, one, marriage was designed by God. Like, marriage is His idea. It was His plan from the beginning. But also, a lot of y'all that are listening to us to this podcast are probably not married. It's not just about marriage. Like, God is saying it wasn't good for man or woman to be alone. Like, we were created and designed to live in community with others, And yes, if you get married one day, like your most intimate relationship will most likely be with your spouse. It should be that way. But even before that, like our lives were not meant to be lived alone. And so that's why we've been doing this relationship series is because we want to highlight that. Yeah, they're so important. If you're single and you're feeling lonely, you're not alone and you're not weird and you're not wrong like Mm -hmm. you were designed to crave companionship and so I think one of the things we want to say is that God made you this way he made us this way and so he's also a safe place to bring your feelings about this Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that we talked about last week and I just want to reiterate this week is that your prayer life surrounding dating is really important. Mm -hmm. If you don't talk to God about this, then you can't go back and point to the ways that he's been working in your life around it because it's, it's really important. And he actually is intentional with our lives in this way. Like he knows when you're going to meet your person. Yeah. But can we trust him in that process? Like while he's bringing us to that point. And also like when you're married, your relationship with God is still the most important thing. Like it's more important than your marriage yeah. because like I can tell on the days when I've spent time with Jesus or when I haven't because I'm more patient or Me more too. loving. But like that's God working in my heart because I'm choosing to prioritize time with him that day. And if I'm not like it, it, it not only makes me suffer, but the people around me too, like, we were created to live with God. And so even when you're married, like your relationship with God is more important. And that is kind of like 
It's crazy to think about, but it's true. And that's why even before you get married, work to practice prioritizing your time with Jesus first. Because all of our other relationships should flow from that. I totally agree. <laughs> and I've noticed that in my life so much. In fact, after Michael and I get in an argument, I'll almost always stop and think to myself that I haven't been spending as much time with God as I'd like to. I think that's huge. Yeah. Another huge thing to remember when it comes to marriage is that marriage isn't really so very separate from your past. <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't get yeah. to just start over once you get married. It doesn't hit a reset button. You bring yourself, you bring your past, and even some of your past relationships into marriage. And so that's why mm -hmm. we wanted to really focus on being single and your mindset towards being single and then casually dating and your mindset around that. So we're just barely going to touch on serious dating. I really want to go into this more at a later date when we can interview somebody that can give us really good advice. We want to talk a little bit about paving the way. What are some things that we can do in dating that will help protect our marriage? First and foremost, we talked about it last week and we'll talk about it again. Everyone's favorite word, purity. But for real, for real, for real, I was just listening to a Nick Vile podcast who I don't think is a Christian, and he was literally just saying, don't have sex, wait as long as you can at the beginning of a relationship because it just completely clouds your judgment on that person, and it prevents you from really being able to get to know them. And I thought that was so interesting because he's not giving Christian advice. He's giving relationship advice, and he still thinks that's a decent point. But from the Christian perspective, God's saying, hey, I want to protect your heart. I want to protect your marriage. And to keep you from bringing pain into your marriage, pain from past relationships, this is how you protect yourself. This is how you have boundaries is you save that relationship for your lifelong commitment. Slow it down as much as you can, especially physically, but also emotionally. What is it like to spend time with this person? And, and what does he like with his friends? And what's he like with my friends? What's he care about? You know, what's he like at his job? I think that it's really important to observe and pay attention and, and pray through that early part of dating before things get serious. I also think that I adapted my personality to be liked, but I think it's pretty common. Like, I think that we all want to be liked and we're all going to be faced with that temptation to answer a question hoping that we're giving the right answer. But I really encourage you as you're dating to be yourself through and through. Don't worry about being liked. Worry about being true to yourself and being very open and honest about who you are. And that will lead to a better connection, a stronger connection, and finding yourself compatible with somebody that you can trust. Yeah, and I think that's a good reminder because I think our culture, like Christian culture, culture in general, like marriage is kind of seen as an endpoint. Like, oh, once I get that or right. so whatever, I don't, but it's, that's just not reality. Like even, only being two years in, like, I do feel like I can speak into that of feeling like, oh, once I get married, I will blank. I don't even know what the blank was. I don't even know if I had, like, like once I get married, I'll be then... happy. I'll be complete. Right. But that's just not 
true. Like I want to debunk that myth a little bit because I think we have been told that, especially as girls, like we get excited about the thought of being married. Like for sure, that makes sense. That's okay. That's not bad. But I also just want to remind y'all that it's true. Like when we get married, our past doesn't just disappear. It's not like, oh, it's gone. All of our problems don't disappear. All of our like sin and things we don't want people to know about us that doesn't disappear actually kind of gets highlighted because now you're living with somebody who cares about you deeply and wants to know you and sees the sides of you that are like, wow, you really lost your patience with me then. Right. I'm not I'm not a super patient person, so that is what I <laughs> default to. Um, Everett is incredibly patient. It, we compliment each other on that, I suppose. But, yeah, I think that that's really important to remember is that, like, marriage is not the end-all, be-all. It's a great thing. It really is. But it's not the most important thing in your life. Your relationship with God is. That's so good. I do think that... I idolized marriage to a point where I didn't have a realistic understanding of of what it was even going to be. Michael and I yeah. share a life. That is what marriage is. Like you you're making a commitment to share your life with somebody. And so that is amazing and so beautiful. And honestly, right now 10 years in is the best that our marriage has ever been and the happiest that I've ever been. But Mm -hmm. I will say that if you have marriage on a pedestal and have it as an idol in your life, then it will let you down because God did not design it to replace him. Yeah. Some of y'all, maybe what you've seen displayed in marriage has been broken. And maybe marriage to you is like, no, I never want to get married because I've seen my parents go through a divorce or my sister go through a divorce. I don't know somebody in your life has been hurt because of marriage. And we get that. Like, we wouldn't want that either. But that's not the way it was designed by God. That's the thing. What does God's idea of marriage look like as opposed to marriage that we see in culture? Mm -hmm. And, like, what are the ways that we get it twisted and therefore we experience brokenness? Yeah. Culture tells us how can you get ahead? How can you be more like even in some of our friendships, like the people you surround yourself with are going to kind of define you in a way you become. I remember somebody telling me this, like you become like the people you spend the most time with, which is really true. And so culture is always telling us like, get ahead, do more, be more, be cooler, look cooler, look like this girl, whatever. But marriage in the way that it was designed by God, and not just marriage, but all relationships in general, like Jesus says, no, be servant of all. Right. Like we're called to serve each other and to yeah. love each other first. And more often than not, that does not mean pushing my own right. agenda. That means looking at Everett and saying, how can I love him and support him today? And I fail at that so often. You should both be seeking the flourishing of the other person. And that's not what our culture says, (laughs) but it's what God says. My grandmother said something that I thought was interesting when Michael and I were first dating. She was like, "Um, people are going to tell you that marriage is 50-50, but that's not true. Marriage is 100% and 100%. And I thought that was really interesting Hmm. because it's human nature to – pull back when you sense that somebody else is like 
not giving their all or to get a little offended when it's like, I'm trying as hard as I can and you're not trying as hard as you can. So it was convicting in a way for me to be like, okay, one way that I can serve and love Michael is that even when he's having an off day and not able to give 100%, I continue to give 100% without holding a grudge. Our marriage counselor is amazing. I love him so much. And one of the things that he says is that bitterness is what really undermines a relationship. And so I think that goes for marriage, dating, friendship, family. But really what it is is allowing space in your heart to become frustrated with somebody and then it grows into more until eventually you're waiting for them to disappoint you, waiting for them to do what they did. This is when we start using all the language of you always do this, you never do that. So one thing that he's encouraged us to do is to not use that type of phrasing and to actively get bitterness out of our life. So Mm -hmm. in order to keep bitterness out of your relationships, you basically have to set a time to check in with yourself and you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. So I really encourage you to set time aside where you ask yourself some simple questions like, has anyone hurt my feelings today? Am I feeling irritable? Yeah. What's bothering me? I don't know, just to basically get to the bottom of what's going on in your heart. What's the condition of your heart and mind towards your spouse, towards your friends, towards your parents? But to keep it related with marriage, I have to sit down and say, okay, what am I a little bit frustrated about today that could grow into something big? Check in with yourself and have this commitment to getting the bitterness out of your own heart. And if there's something that you need to talk about, I think you need to make the commitment to talk about it. That's at least the commitment that I've made in my life to preserve and protect my relationships. Yes, exactly. And that's why it's uh, so important who you marry and who you date because that shouldn't be a one-sided thing. There are going to be seasons of your relationship and of your marriage where it is one-sided. Like that's just life. Like humans are not perfect. But you want to marry somebody who you know is going to be equally pursuing, like running after Jesus, running, pursuing his relationship with the Lord. You don't want to marry somebody where you're just the only one serving and laying down your life like that. You want to marry somebody who is going to also desire to lift you up and to sacrifice for you. Yeah. And when, when people outside of your marriage look in at you are they witnessing like the love of god or are they witnessing the will of human beings does that make sense like that's a positive challenge for me in my life to be like okay are people observing our marriage are they seeing me servelessly like i really want to serve him build him up make him feel loved and supported and is he doing the same for me or are they seeing us compete with each other and bicker and right you know put each other down right i also think something my friend katie the one who set everett and i up she's pretty passionate about this and i honestly really agree like i think that our culture oftentimes displays the husband as like 
dumb. Like, yeah, yeah. Even like memes. I don't know if I just get these on Instagram memes, reels, whatever they're called, because that's the algorithm I'm stuck in now. But I get a lot of those that are like, oh, my husband couldn't find the ketchup bottle yeah. thing in the fridge, <laughs> which like, yeah, there's some truth to that. Like, I know where most things are in the house and ever doesn't always know. But even though that's such a silly example, that really is like putting him down in a way. And I don't know, Katie has talked about that a lot of like, I don't want Preston to feel like I don't value him or that I think he's dumb. Right. And like those little comments like that, which I am definitely guilty of saying to Everett or like making fun of him. He's also such a jovial guy. Like he is hilarious. And so it's easy to like joke with him. But how often am I actually like joking or am I like making a little truth dig right you know i don't know that's so true like a passive aggressive joke like oh ha 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 you're so stupid <laughs> yeah like oh you can never find anything yeah. like <laughs> true i do think we're called to like a higher level of treating people across the board it doesn't just go for our spouse yeah it doesn't mean don't joke with them but at the same time like what is actually the root of that like are you joking because it's fun And, like, you guys are both having fun or are you joking kind of to put the other person down? Like, we should never be doing that. We should always be lifting each other up. When somebody sees a godly marriage, which is a man and a woman loving each other, putting each other first, sacrificing for each other, they should see that and be like, wow, there's something different about that. And it's because God is a part of that marriage. Like, marriage is about displaying the Lord to others through the way that you care for and love for your spouse. That's part of how God designed it. Right, I agree. Um, So to kind of go back through and sum up what we talked about a little bit, because I do have one more thought, but so far we've talked about the fact that marriage is designed by God. This is like a desire implanted in who you are as a person to have not Mm. only community but companionship, and that this relationship is about – serving each other and so as crazy as that is god has a purpose for marriage in our lives as believers that is different than like the purpose of marriage that the world says like the world says find love just all about passion and it's all about what makes you happy but god says once you're in that relationship that you've found somebody that you can trust and that you have decided to share your life with then in that relationship, it's about laying your life down for that person and them laying their life down for you. And as you're serving each other, as you are building trust and intimacy, you are displaying God's love, which is the last thing that we talked about. Okay. Do you have off the top of your head, like a piece of advice you would give for dating? If I could go back to myself whenever and I were seriously dating, I would tell myself, Uh, to be patient, to not rush through that season. Because once you get married, like there's not really any turning back. That season is sweet and it's shorter than you're going to think it is. Um, I think especially when you're dating seriously, girls, we have a tendency to be like, when are we going to get engaged? When are we going to get engaged? Like I remember there was multiple times where we would be hanging out and I would think to myself, are we getting engaged today? And That's just inevitable. Like, it's probably going to happen if you're seriously dating somebody. But 
I wish I could go back and tell myself, like, be patient, trust Everett, trust his plan, trust the Lord's plan. It really is an act of trust in a way in terms of like timing and a plan. Like that's such a practice for marriage. When he's ready, he will propose. And I don't want him to propose before he's ready. True. Yeah, if I could go back, I would say something so similar because I think no matter, we've talked about this before, but you are a little bit more like guarded and slow with your relationships when you were dating. And then I was a lot more reckless and just jumped right in. But both of us would go back and say, hey, slow down, enjoy it, really, really get to know the person. That is my biggest advice. So this is just one of many. I feel like this is opening like the whole Pandora's box of everything that we want to tell you all about relationships and even some things from our own story. But for now, we are just going to encourage you to go listen to the podcast on our website, ayaministries.com. And I'm just going to pray for us really quick. And then we will catch up with y'all next week. God, we love you so much. And we're so grateful for the way that you designed us. I pray that you would give us more understanding of our own hearts so that as we're pursuing a relationship with somebody else, we can confidently get to know them and we can involve you in every single step of the process. We just want to lean on you when it comes to this area. And would you show us this week um, what you want us to learn about ourselves in order to move forward, whether we're single, dating, or close to getting married, how can we move forward in our relationship with you in a way that will strengthen our future relationships? We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, well, y'all join us next week. We have a really exciting podcast. Anna and I got to interview a licensed counselor. Her name's Alice Chernock. She was amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. It was so good. You guys definitely need to tune in. It's all about anxiety. We're pumped to share it with you. So tune in next Sunday. Bye. Bye.